thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's a real privilege to have this conversation, to stage it. Um, and just in case, I know everyone in this room knows the both of you, but anyone listening at some point, if they're not already familiar, if you could introduce yourselves in a few sentences. We'll start sure. with you, Chris. Do I look at that camera? Uh, you look or anywhere. Or talk to you? Yeah, you what, what is me, the... you could... All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris Doe. I'm a loud introvert. I'm a recovering graphic designer, serial entrepreneur, middle child, uh, an above average <laughs> student, but a first class troublemaker. <laughs> wow. Take notes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jamie Brindle. I'm a middle child, too. So actually same here. It begins. Oh, all right. Look at that. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm a freelancer. I, I, I run a production agency with my wife, Courtney, here in uh, Los Angeles. And, and recently I've been talking about it on social media. So, And that is how we met. Yeah. That's where all good conversations start. <laughs> and nobody said that. Anyways, um, well, okay. So what unites us is um, probably a lot of things. But one of them being um, we would probably self-identify to some extent as being creative people or creatives, which is this, um, I don't know, umbrella term that can mean a lot of things. We're not going to try to define it today. Um, and one other term that's related to it is, you know, the idea of artistry and being an artist. Um, that is something I wanted to start with because uh, it is near and dear to my own part personally. Um, I, for some reason, I, I feel like whenever I meet other creative people and artists, I just I have a heart for them. I like get them. And, and I see the struggle that many of them face when they're trying to be an artist and self-express in this world, but also needing somehow to make a living. And those two, they just don't really mesh. It's like oil and water a lot of the times. And uh, it's, it's, at least it's not very intuitive. So what I want to talk about is how, how do we resolve that tension? And I want to start with what it means to be an artist and that artistic impulse. So I'm curious to hear from you, do you self-identify as an artist you want me to take that one first yeah i'd say yeah i i i would i'm a i'm a recovering artist no yeah <laughs> i self-identify as an artist most certainly i think i think you know not to get too existential with it i think i could make a, a strong case for anybody i i encounter for artistry you know mm -hmm. in, in one component or another of their life so i, I don't think it's necessarily a uh you know, there's a group of people over there and those are artists. I think, I think we've all got it in us. It's like a, it's like a, an element of the human condition uh, more so than a, uh, <laughs> a personality trait. You right. Know? Right. So you it's know? not like some have it, some don't. Yeah. It's like some artistic, I don't know. Impetus. Yeah. Yeah. I but don't know if that's a, if that's a cheat answer, but a little bit, a little <laughs> bit, because at the same time, I mean, Chris, what do you think? Like, aren't there people that are just I mean, like Andre Andreev or, you know, others where like, you're just like, you like, there's something there that's different. Like, I don't know, what is it? Is it, is it this need to self-express that is overwhelming? Um, how would you, how would you characterize this thing that's an artist? I'll, I'll try to answer the first question. I'd love to try to take on some of the definitions and see if we can have some common ground on definitions, then maybe mm -hmm. um, do a little deeper dive. Mm -hmm. If you asked me that question, am I an artist 10 years ago, I would have told you, no, I'm a graphic designer and I make that distinction. There's a big difference between getting paid to do something, providing a service to someone else. And one of the greatest downfalls that graphic designers or people who are in the service industry have is they think of themselves as artists because what they see as the client is an inconvenience to them creating and self-expressing. 
And I see this in my students. I see this in freelancers mm-hmm. and independent business owners. So the person who gives you a means to make a living to provide for you and your family and your loved ones is not a person that gets in your way. They enable you to live your life. It's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. And I was asked mm-hmm. this question many, many times. I keep saying I'm not an artist. I'm a graphic designer. An artist does something very different to me. And the best definition I've ever heard was on the stage. It was a panel discussion with the Wachowskis. They had just released Cloud Atlas. And Lana Wachowski had said, art is an invitation to look at the world from a different perspective. And it's very pure. It's very mm-hmm. encompassing. And if you mm-hmm. do that, if you have an emotion and you want you mm-hmm. or someone else to look mm-hmm. at the world in a different way, I think you're an artist. But you have to do it on your own terms. Yes. And sometimes there's not a financial reward to that. And when we mix up our roles mm-hmm. and have these blurry lines, I think we run into a lot of trouble. And I think that's why a lot of creatives run, in, yes. run into this financial yes. ruin, yes. barely able to, to make a living. So design is a service and everyone is a designer. And I'll, I'll use Herbert Simon, the Nobel laureate's definition of design, which I saw in Marty Neumeier's book, The Brand Gap. A designer is one who devises a course of action to go from an existing condition or situation to improved one. So this welcomes everybody into that mm-hmm. definition, I think. So if you're helping your client run their business and operations better and improved condition, you are a designer, you are a creative person. So that means that you can do technical things, you can do left brain things. All we're trying to do is make the world a little bit better for one person or groups of people. So that's, that's a distinction I would put in there. So for the purposes of this evening, design is art with a job to do. I accept that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I but you know, my, my, my definition. I totally know what you're saying. I think that's so important because that job is not your own. And I think that's the key difference mm. where, where it, like an artist, their only agenda in pure art is to self-express. Mm. As soon as there's a, any agenda outside of that, you're not doing pure art anymore. You're compromised in some way or another and you're not, in a way, in a technical way, you're not being an artist no more. Yeah. Uh, so anytime you're commissioned to do something for a client, you're, you're stepping aside from that artistry. And that's why I think so many people who self-identify as an artist and want to self-express like an artist, they want their work. Maybe, maybe ultimately they see this trajectory like today I'm doing graphic design, but my ultimate trajectory is to like have work in a gallery, especially with photographers. This is true you know, and, and they want to self-express to the point of getting to the gallery. And they think that this is the, this is the way you climb it when that's, that's not entirely the case. And it gets very frustrating because your clients don't really want you to to self-express, do they? Yeah. I mean, in, or, or do they? Well, that's, so how do we, yeah. what's, what's the line? Let's talk about that. I think in just, I can only speak somewhat eloquently to my own experience, but I like, I, I envision it as a Venn diagram with two circles where you've got, you know, art in one and commerce in the other. And I think that I, I think that art can exist without commerce because the artist can't exist without commerce. Right. You need money to somehow exist. And I think that commerce can't exist without art because you I mean, I would I would deem a product art. I would deem, you know, a T-shirt art, a hat art, you know. So, like, I think that I guess the, the line I'm trying to draw is there are extremes of on either side of that circle. So there's the artist and like, you know, the, the Wall Street businessman. But the, you know, the, the, the point of intersection is is like it subsidizes those two extremes. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think that mm-hmm. it's less of a, you know, which pool are you in? And it's, it's more of a, OK, I'm going to go over to that point of intersection for a second and then 
come back over to the extreme, right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, am so I what, out on a limb here? Well, what would be your? I'm thinking like specific advice to somebody who's maybe struggling with this. I, I know I struggle with this, where um, like I've I've always seen myself as an artist. Like I, yeah. I want to move people. I want to create things that are beautiful. Yeah. You know, I aspire to that kind of work, but I'm not going to get paid for it potentially for a long time, if ever. So, um, do you have ways that you've taught people to help kind of reconcile that tension? I would ask them, what is more important, your self-expression or your ability to make a living? I think when we have conflicting masters that we have to serve, sometimes it can be very difficult. Now, the ultimate thing is what Jamie was talking about, which is, can your art be the way that you make a living? And oftentimes that's a very difficult thing to do, especially if you're in the beginning of your journey. And mm -hmm. the first thing that I think you need to do as a creative human is to find someone who sees what you do as valuable and be able to transact with them. And then that builds skill, repetition, self-confidence, and a body of work that you can then use to do other things. And Jamie was super strategic about his decision to be a producer. That was how he was going to transact. And within that space, he could decide which way he wants to go once his primary needs are taken care of. It's hard to mm -hmm. think about self-actualization when you don't have food, you can't pay rent, you're in debt, and you have zero leeway when bad things happen. And bad things happen to us all the time. Yeah. I'd love to share just a really quick story. A friend of mine, I can't tell you who he is. He's an artist. He is an artist. And his wife's father became ill, and he's overseas. And he's looking at his finances, and he can't afford to buy a last-minute ticket for his wife to go see her dying father. And he can't do it. So the wife isn't able to see her father before he passes and she's broken and it breaks their marriage. I'm talking about some basic things. So in that moment, my friend wants to be an artist and it hurts me mm -hmm. to see a person who's hurting and he can't do that. Money doesn't solve a lot of things, but it does buy a ticket for your wife to go see her parent before she dies. And that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. So I know for some people, they're going to bristle with the kinds of things I say because recently I read this comment online. All you talk about is money. When you have no money, I'm going to talk about money. When you have all the money, you won't need me. God bless you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm a little fired up about that. Yeah. No, yeah, I love you go, it. Girl. I love yeah. it. Um, <laughs> love it. Um, one thing that I've also um, advised people, and I think I heard this first from Tom Bilyeu, um, where he says, if you want to if you want to be an artist, you want to do art, you need a foundation first. And so that could be a strategy you play, where you say, okay, how do I develop enough income where I can have you know the lifestyle I need. And maybe it's part-time, maybe it becomes completely passive. And that could be a strategy that you pursue at first yeah. to lock in that you know, opportunity then to do true art, but not to confuse the two. And I think that's what's so important is that when you start to confuse the two and you think, you know, I'm being a designer. That's why I love how you, you separated that from the beginning. Like I'm, I'm being a designer, I'm being an artist kind of a thing. And then, and then, then you, it ends up in burnout oftentimes because you feel like, oh, my client doesn't like my work. I want to self-express or whatnot, and and it leads to that tension. Um, remind me, did you freelance as a as a designer, or did you start working? Like, what was yours? I'm trying to remember your story from the beginning. I love Chris's story. I had a job. I quit that job. I got another job. I quit that job, <laughs> and then I freelanced for I think maybe a couple of months. Yeah. And in the freelancing process, I realized something. I'm really lazy and I don't like to work by myself. So I'm not even a year out of school. I just started hiring my friends from school to help me do the work. 
And so I'm quickly transitioning into freelancing, uh, out of freelancing into owning my own business. But I was in, in a very, very privileged situation where I got to go to a great school, graduated top of my class, and the, my friends knew people that were at the top of the industry who introduced me. So there was a lot of privilege there. I, I want to acknowledge that. And from the get-go, I didn't have to go to an office and work at a machine. Mm -hmm. I only did that for like two weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I just did the rest at home. And for a while I felt like I was being deceptive because I'll just name the names. I was working for RGALA, now known as Imaginary Forces with Kyle Cooper and his team. They had a very small team. They had just finished the seven main titles and they had all kinds of crazy buzz. I mean, that film title changed the game for people in that space. And so he could not find enough talented people to work. So it was very easy to say, I'm just going to work at home. And that was cool by him. Didn't have to spend money on a computer. Immediately, I had three friends. Let's go and work on this stuff. And I didn't tell him that three people were working on it until one day, many projects in. I felt pretty confident that day. It was a night. I went into their office, showed him the work. He's like, I love this. Don't like this. I love this. Great. So I just want to let you know something. I didn't do all this work. And he was like, you've been ghostwriting this whole time and he was offended and i said yes <clears throat> did it ever occur to you how i was able to do the work of three people in a day and he stopped he paused and he's like okay and that was that and there's another little story that goes with this one of his producers had called me up because we were literally changing our day rate every project hmm. and it was getting annoying for them because i was like wait we just agreed to pay you that. Now you're telling me you're $850 a day. And I said to them, I, I know this sounds crazy because maybe I'm a cocky bastard. I don't know. I said to her, take it up with Kyle. If he has a problem with the output that we've done, then we should have a conversation. Never heard back from her again. Because we were literally doing three people's work mm -hmm. with one rate. And as you start to do that, you build trust. And now I'm going to project rate. So the whole freelance term, it's, it's a very fast move. I think less than three months time of like when I'm showing up in office and being paid for time versus being paid for output. So you have to learn really fast, like how you transition. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk about this term. Okay. Uh, Jamie, what do you think of the term freelancer? What does the term freelancer mean? Is no, what do you think of it as a, as like a, as a, as a label? I, you know, to Chris's point, I, it's, it has changed over time and it's becoming a little more ubiquitous um, or, you know, a little more all encompassing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think in common parlance today, it's, it's probably can be conflated with solopreneur, you know, maybe, maybe more, maybe solopreneur falls more into the product category and freelancer falls more into the service category, but it's, it's an independent operator, you know? Um, but then, you know, I've plenty of freelancers that I speak with on a regular basis that are subcontracting and working with other freelancers and mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 a little you know it's a little all over the place at the moment but i i think that you know um it, if i if i had to pin it down to a definition it would be it would be somebody who's who's working for themselves uh likely mm -hmm. in a in a service-based business do you can think i jump in yeah, yeah. please please I, I there's a i'm gonna forget who said this uh i was reading in um Ronald J. Baker's book, Implementing Value Pricing, there's a quote at the beginning that I just love so much. And it says something like, all transformation is linguistic. If we want to change the culture, we have to change the conversation. And words mm -hmm. do matter. Mm 
words absolutely matter it matter because it tells us how we feel about ourselves our self story and how we feel about other people every life experience that you have every emotion that you have is coded with words when i talk to my therapist she asked me this question she's like what is your earliest memory and how old were you i said blah 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 around 3 and she goes i've asked all my clients this and they or patients and they've all said right around 2 or 3 and it coincides with your ability to speak to mm-hmm. learn words and it's not that we don't have memories mm-hmm. it's just we have no way to code them yeah. it's real fuzzy right like you may have pre language memories but it's real fuzzy and blurry and so to Jamie's point i agree with them the word freelance has be, been misused for many different things and unfortunately it's the word that's most convenient that we all use but for me it's very clear i draw the line in the sand here a freelancer is one who shows up at a place of work typically to perform a service they're selling their time they have zero ability to control how they spend that time they're paid for the hours that they work not for the amount of work they get done and they're not allowed to hire other people so when i hired freelancers and in my time of running a service company we've hired many freelancers hundreds of freelancers You cannot come in to work as a freelancer and said this is my assistant they'll be doing the work while I drink coffee while you pay me my rate. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things is we can all freelance and it's okay there's nothing wrong with freelancing but what we're trying to do is help people who are really independent business owners create a business one that involves marketing, invoicing, contracts, terms of service, delegation of work, project management. those are things that freelancers typically do not do. So when you hire a general contractor, they're a contractor, they're not called a freelancer, and they hire subcontractors, also independent workers. Mm-hmm. They might bill you hourly, but they're not freelancers. They're also independent contractors and that's a legal definition. Cuz you know why? Cuz I had to pay back taxes on evading paying independent contractors who they labeled as employees. temporary employees. Mm. So there's a legal definition there too that we kind of need to just navigate around. What about the baggage that comes with the term freelancer because I think it comes with baggage of poverty where somebody's just making ends meet. Like if you're sitting, you know, at your Thanksgiving table and you know, Aunt Jane is asking, oh, "So what are you doing?" you know, whatever. And well, I'm just, you know, I'm freelancing. Mm. You know, good on you mate you know there's not like a i'm so proud of you kind of what accent is that by the way is that australian <laughs> accent australian, yeah. <laughs> yeah um you know what why i'm saying we, why do we have to pin it down <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not a it's not something that like wow i'm so proud of you you're a freelancer you know what i'm saying like it's just there's something in it uh while i love the idea of it that right there's freedom there's there's much that we yeah. talk about that but like conceptually or like the word itself i've i've kind of struggled with it as you know what i want to self identify if i was freelancing as a freelancer i'll have to do some and, and is that like that. maybe limiting potentially to well i was just going to say cuz I, i said i'll have to do some introspection on that cuz i've been proudly calling myself a freelancer for <laughs> for many many years you know and and i and i i regularly speak with folks who who do so as well i think that like the definition i i had the same definition of freelancer as what you described because it's a very like like i'm from a journalism school let's say like freelance journalist you know i i fanboyed over the martin agency when i lived in richmond so it's like freelance you know agency worker but i think that i do think i think that the the marker is moving or the definition is is evolving uh 
today when you hear the stat that you know like more than 50 percent of america is going to be freelance by the end of mm-hmm. what 2027 mm-hmm. or something like that 2025 like you know like that's i i just think that it's broadened it's not necessarily so you know you go to a place to where i think most freelancers i talk to you know a couple a day on the on the phone with with uh the, the thing that we just we just launched i don't want to name drop it here to to I will tell everybody no, no, no. what you launched. It's Come like, on. Yeah, you, you can Google it. But, <laughs> but you know, I talked to, uh, you know, uh, several freelancers a day and they all, they all self-identify as freelancers and, mm-hmm. and, you know, none of them have, have set foot in an office or none of them have, you know, and they're all charging by, by the hour or by the, uh, by the project. Um, you know, and if they're not, they hear it from me, you know, and it's, I just think that the, you know, I think the term, the, the, the definition might be evolving at this point. Mm-hmm. And even the perception. Yeah. Cause I think it's, it's maybe our our parents' generation for in their world, at least when they were maybe younger, it would just mean somebody who's just finding, going project to project, making ends meet, probably is not saving money, you know, just somebody who's getting by before they get a real job. Because what's your, I mean, what's your describe when, you know, the good on you mate, you know, like if you you say you're a freelancer, it's like I, being a 22 year old telling your family you're an entrepreneur gets the same reaction, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's, there are lots of words that people go, Oh, well, he's, he's giving it a shot. You know, we'll see. So maybe it's more, more that than anything. Yeah. I think the problem with English, it's, it's, if you misuse a term enough and enough people misuse a term, then there Mm -hmm. will be two definitions of that term. Like, for example, if you are looking at a magazine and you're like, what are you doing? I'm perusing the magazine. The original definition of peruse is to read carefully, not to browse. But it's been butchered so many times that now there's two definitions that are exact opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but I like to be precise with the choice of words. And I would love to educate our community, our audience, our friends and our fans to use the proper words when they mean certain things. You know, what's another word that's been butchered? What's that? Twerking. Oh, God. I don't even want to go there. Do you know the original meaning of twerking? Is it drug related? No, it's when you take your mustache and you roll it on the edges. You twerk your mustache. No, they have have the same effect. (laughs) (laughs) The the twerking of lore and the twerking of today. Both get the job done. Yeah. But yeah, I forget also somebody who said... (laughs) Someone said, uh, anytime you, you say anything, you're actually saying three things. One is what you think you're saying one is what you're being what's being heard and three is what you're actually saying and they could actually be three completely different things um and so i think something like that is true in the world of freelancing there aren't very clear definitions when we're kind of in this new yeah. you know wild west of what is the future going to bring i read recently that something like 40 no it's over 50 percent now of google employees are quote unquote you know contractors freelancing mm-hmm. yeah um, so certainly this is, this is going to keep accelerating and it's, it's cool to see you guys educating on the front lines of this. And I think, you know, these, I'm sure you have to think through these topics a lot. Um, do, okay. So can I add we, something before we move on? Oh, please, please. Yeah. At any time. Um, Jonathan Stark and I were having this conversation. He talks about a lot about hourly billing is nuts. And he's like, do you know where the root word freelance comes from? It's, it comes from the middle ages. There's a Lancer, like a hired cell sword who's a mercenary. And they call them freelancers because of a lance, a sword. And you know, the mercenary does not have a great connotation. It's because you're paid to fight a war that you don't believe in, to kill people that you don't hate. It's, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of problems mm-hmm. around that. I would love for it before we slip into this land where a term like this is used broadly is for us to pull it back and put some boundaries around it and try to just educate people. 
I have no problems with the term freelance at all. Zero. I just want it to be used when it's appropriate. I hire freelancers. My company was built on freelancers. We love freelancers and we want to hire you as a freelancer. Please don't send three employees in to do the work for me. When I hire a company, I don't care how you do it. I don't care where you do it. I don't care when you do it. Those are different terms. And I expect you to have insurance and and payroll, uh, uh, workers' comp, and the things you're supposed to have as a business. Mm -hmm. And they're very different. Mm -hmm. And I think words do matter. I don't have any judgment. Like if you're a freelancer, I'm a freelancer. I go into an agency as a freelance copywriter, art director, and I've done that. Pay me hourly. It's all good. Here's my timesheet. I'm good with that. And there's like if we're at the dinner table on Thanksgiving, my son says, Dad, I'm a freelance illustrator. I'm a good on you, boy. That's it. You're making mm-hmm. money. You're no, no longer a drain on the dope Dad, residence. You're speaking in an Australian <laughs> accent. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think there's a problem. Okay. But I think what's happening here is there, there's a lot of funny shenanigans going on in corporate America. Mm. Okay. It's the capitalist you know, society. And there are ways to save money to protect yourself from lawsuits mm. because of wrongful dismissals. And so what they do now, they make everyone an independent contractor Mm -hmm. and they hire companies that are companies of record that then bring in these independent contractors, but then just show up every single day like you work at a company. So it's it's getting very blurry. And also all of us having gone through COVID, working remotely, all of a sudden, I think this is where you're getting at. This term is like bubbling up, like you're no longer at the office, you're an independent mm-hmm. contractor or you're a freelancer. It gets, it, it's now something that we're all talking about because of independent remote work. Yeah. So maybe we can quickly come to a consensus here of stages of independent work, if you will. So stage one would probably be, okay, let's call it freelancing. And then if I can reiterate some of the boundaries that you've set. So this is, you're working by yourself, ultimately. You, uh, you must do the work. You do, you do you the do fulfillment the work. work. But yes. maybe like billing and answering emails could be done by an assistant. Yes. But the actual fulfillment is you should of be doing the it. Your work. hands are in it. Yep. That's, that's you. Okay. As soon as you bring in a second person. It gets a little tricky now. So like yeah. an assistant doing the underpainting. You just say you're, you're an independent contractor. I, I think you shift, yeah. but. The boundaries I would put is this, and there's some tests that you can do. If the person who hired you is upset that someone else is doing the work, more likely you're a freelancer. If you're charging based on time, not always, of course, you're more likely a freelancer than you're an independent contractor. If you don't have to deal with things like sales, marketing, legal, the things that come with a business, you're probably a freelancer. A freelancer says, I'm going to show up. You're going to pay me for my time. I could do it remotely. I could do it in person, but you're going to pay me for my time. And this is my rate. It could be hourly, daily, weekly, monthly. It doesn't matter. You're mostly selling time. Nothing wrong with that. I just want to reiterate. So it doesn't have to do with how you bill. Like a freelancer can still bill by the project technically, right? Or I think you're slipping into independent business owner now. Should we let that pass? Maybe. What do you think, Jamie? How would you draw lines? I mean, I actually would At love this point, it. Maybe I'm just we can nod at whatever it. Chris says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because because I think this is important because even like, you know, if if all of us agree and then maybe this becomes a movement where like there's some boundaries of yeah. how we call something that's freelancing. No, I think, or, yeah, that's an interesting, uh, the, the distinction you made earlier or just now with um, the client is upset that somebody else is doing it. That's a, that's an interesting distinction. And that's just like, I, I was trying to, when you said that, I was like, I wonder, like I was trying to think of an example of when that would be. Because if ever, like I've ad- advised people when they say that, I'm like, well, you know, 
it's like, well, did they want to get from A to B or did they want you to get like, there should mm -hmm. be, a, what is a scenario where a client would be upset that, that you weren't doing the work? Like, cause when they brought it up to you, when, when you were doing it, you kind of said, well, it's getting done. Right. And they go, well, yeah. And that kind of shut up, shut down the conversation pretty quickly. What would be like a, an example of a time when you wouldn't have that like kind of like easy, you know, well, I, I can share an example. Actually, I've, I've hired freelancers that I thought were going to do the work and we've had this with developers as well. Yeah. We'll do a test. They'll, they'll write an initial piece of content or they'll do an initial piece of code. We're like, wow, this is great work. You know, now we can sign a contract. We sign a contract and from then on the quality on. is like half. Yeah. It's like a quarter. So that's being dishonest then. Yeah. Because you're, you're selling something that you're not actually providing. And I think that's what I'm seeing happen more than not. That's definitely, yeah. It's just like, that's just, it's like, at that point it's bad management. And you know, to me, it's like, it's like a, like you, you yeah. go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant and you're not pissed that, that Gordon's not back there flipping the burgers. You assume that Gordon has hired the right people to, to mm -hmm. do it to his standards, you know? So it's like, you know, if that, maybe if it's presented it's a, it's a presentation and a management issue, but mm -hmm. you know, if that person had passed it on to people that, that did a good job, would you have been upset? No, you know? not at all. Yeah. I wouldn't care at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I'm with Jamie on that. I think that's yeah. less an issue of dishonesty and lack of leadership and management skills of having a staff that, yeah, uh, because yeah. let's look at it. I make a promise to you to do something at a certain standard and that's what is important. Not the people that are doing it, maybe not even how it's done what is important that it lives to that standard and it must meet that threshold. Otherwise you don't have a right to be in business because what you're doing is you're breaking promises all mm -hmm, the time. Mm -hmm. And then we know about brands and promises. You break promises enough time, your brand is tainted. It's very hard to recover. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you can't ever get word of mouth recommendations off of those. It's, it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a little tricky. So, so once you start, you know, if we talk about any kind of scaling from obviously just trading money for time, um, obviously i mean what, what, what do you call the next stage agency small business do you have like a go-to yes label on this independent business owner independent business employee owner. of one which is which could be which very is, which is you yeah yeah okay so now you have to act like a business you just happen to have one employee that wears many hats right <laughs> so now we get into all businesses have certain functions regardless of what business that you're in you have marketing you have sales you have production and you have customer service or after follow-up whatever that might be mm -hmm. and so now you're entering into all different kinds of things i've never or maybe i shouldn't say never i've rarely had a freelancer who's then after the job thanks me for the work and buys me a gift and makes sure to do all the kinds of things that businesses do and i i had an interview with kevin finn and he said i don't refer to the people that hire me as clients and he, and, he, and he has a very specific reason. I love how he says this. I think it's extreme, but I love the concept behind it. He says, there's a client and then therefore, what am I? I'm a vendor, I'm a service provider. The leverage is not equal. They're a business, I'm a business. It's business to business. So I don't refer to the people that pay me money as clients. And I'm not ready to cede that ground, he says. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. So it's a business to business. And yeah. this is the transition I think that happens first psychologically that you believe this to be true and then it manifests itself in the words and the actions that you take yeah and it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where you've set yourself up now i'm running a business yeah you know and you, you think about yourself it's a strategic right. partnership rather than mm -hmm. anything it's it's two humans or two entities trying to a, achieve a common goal you know and it's it, 
at that stage, at that transition point where you self-fulfilling mm-hmm. prophecy, it's like I guarantee you, if you're just starting as a freelancer or you're you're an independent, you know, what was what was the word we used? Independent company of one. That's the yeah. Independent business owner. Independent business mm-hmm. owner. Um, you know, if if you approach a lead from the perspective of a strategic partner, you're going to stand out immediately. If if you're if you're thinking, okay, how do I advocate for this the success of this project in a way that is is you you know utilizes uh, is, is helpful to both of us you, mm-hmm. you know if you if you lead the discussion with and i know chris could do this till the cows come home if you lead the discussion with you know how are you measuring success for this project where are the goalposts how are you, you know you, freelancers aren't asking those types of questions you know how are we how am i being measured for it's they're, they're in a mode for the most part they're getting in and getting out and mm-hmm. it's something that you kind of mm-hmm. need to coach yourself on but if you come in as a strategic partner you're advocating for the project you know yeah. you, from 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 square one, they're like, oh well, this guy's this guy's clearly you know a little different than the other folks we're talking to. Here's another way you can tell if you're a freelancer or an independent business owner. What is the unit in which you're using to determine price or value? Freelancers typically sell units of time. They measure their work product in units of time, whereas independent business owners usually measure either deliverables or value created or mm-hmm. something else. And this is a very important mm-hmm. distinction. We're talking about hiring an illustrator who's going to illustrate a series of posters for me. Nowhere in our discussion is, uh, well, I think it's going to take 17 and yeah, 0.3 yeah. hours. If there's a price, I can afford it or I cannot. We, mm-hmm. we either come to an agreement or we do not. How many fairies work on it? How long or quickly it gets done? Mm-hmm. What kind of machines that are being used to, to craft it? I don't care and I do not even want to know. Yep. I had a very um, educating conversation with one of my clients many, many years ago. He's a business person and we're starting to do client direct work. Prior to that, we we're working mostly with ad agencies. I was sitting in his office. His company was growing like by a thousand percent every year. So it was just crazy mayhem and bedlam inside his office. And he says, Chris, um, I want to give you a retainer so we can do work together. I like what you guys do. And he, he, he just went on to tell me what he needs. And then I went on to do something very foolish, which was to tell him, the kind of team I'm building and this and that. And he just put his hand up and he said, I don't need to know who's working on this. As long as it meets your standard, I'm good. Mm. So he just saved me for myself. I was like, I'm trying to rationalize, explain. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. You do the work yeah. at the price, at the time in which we say, and this is a pure thoroughbred entrepreneur business person. Mm-hmm. And so when we hang around with artists and creative types, self-identify or not, what we tend to talk about is the work that we do, the things that we make, and it becomes um, very incestuous in the language in which we use, and we measure our worth in the things that we get our hands into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Cooper mm-hmm. would say uh, how Paul Rand used to critique him was, Kyle, you've become a telephone designer. I'm like, telephone designer? Yeah, you phone it in, you tell people what to do, and and they look at that with judging eyes and language I'm like mm-hmm. well who cares if the work gets done and the client's happy yeah why do we care we don't expect phil knight to make the shoes we don't expect elon to build our cars we do not expect gordon ramsay to flip our burgers to use your language why is it that artists and creative people think you got to do the work so if we can break free from that lots of beautiful things can happen and then maybe you actually go and do the art that you want to do nobody's stopping you from doing art yeah they never have even if you're doing a nine to five job there's still more hours left Yes. Um, so when I think about these two categories, um, not everybody wants to be a business owner, right? 
because now now you're changing your role you're changing your responsibilities um you're you're most likely thinking about scale you're talking about management you're kind of the guy who's selling i mean it's just your responsibilities completely shift i think i mean i meet a lot of freelancers who they actually like doing the work and they don't really want all the other stuff right so is it possible i mean at that point is it just increasing your hourly rate is that the only way to make more money i mean it that's that is a great way to make more money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. the, I mean, the, that's the, yeah. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize the mechanics of a, of a rate increase. You know, they think it's it's make more money and, and that's it. Well, it's, it's actually make more money and free up time. Right. So it's like you increase your rate. The, the point of a rate raise, in my opinion, is to lose is to lose some clients because you're you're too busy implementing that you're not finding mm -hmm. the next job. So what what ends up happening is you're working on your, you know, three or four projects or whatever. And they all end and then you spend three or four months freaking out trying to find your next three or four projects versus being able to kind of spend you know a consistent amount of business development time uh daily or, or weekly or what have you so a rate a rate raise is to buy that time basically you know and then with that you know the the, the folks that leave will subsidize the folks that or, or the folks that stay will subsidize the folks that leave um and then you know you do it again when when you hit that threshold again where you're not you can't spend half your time developing new business. Um, but, you know, because I mean, there, there is going to have to be some element of business development if you're working for yourself. You've got to go out and, you know, hunt what you eat. So mm. there's no getting away from it, essentially. If, if, you, if you want to be completely implementation, then, then maybe this ain't the racket for you. But um, I don't know, what do you think? It's um, price is a function of supply and demand. So what you're trying to do as a freelancer or as an independent business owner is to increase demand while simultaneously decrease the supply. And there's a number of things that you can do. The first thing, and I have to say this because people get really upset at, at me about, which is you got to be good. The premise is always you got to mm -hmm. put time into your craft <laughs> because what people hear and through their twisted yeah. brain is yeah. I just tell people who have no skill, charge more. Mm -hmm. I am not telling people that. The first part of this, that's the thing that's usually unspoken and implied is put your time in to get good at what it is you that you do, do please. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a 17 year old kid and you barely have any skills and you're like, well, I heard this, Chris said value-based price, I'm gonna go out there and like, good luck to you, friend. You might do it, but more likely you're going to create a set of expectations that you're not gonna be able to, to live up to. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna hurt the person the most is yourself. That's who you hurt. Clients are upset, you're stressed out. And then all the clients' relationships with you and their friends are just completely torched at this point. So first part is get good at your craft. I don't care what you do. If you play music, if you if you write direct response emails, that's what you do. Get good at that first. So when you get good at it, you have proof and you can speak about it. So that's going to then help you to spread your reputation and your brand, creating increase in demand. And what you do is if you specialize, you create Mm -hmm. less competition the whole point of positioning is to ultimately reduce or eliminate competition when you're one of one non-fungible sorry mm -hmm. throw that in there mm -hmm. is then <laughs> you have no competition so the thing that i like about what mm -hmm. the three of us do is mm -hmm. i don't care who you hire i don't care if you think my rates are reasonable i really don't and my rates are my rate because there's only one person who can do this work the way i do it right and that person's me and that's why you want to work towards that.
So freelancer, independent contractor, doesn't matter. Specialize, get a lot of skill doing what you do, therefore reducing the amount of competition that you have. And then therefore, hopefully with the reputation that you've developed, there's greater, there's greater demand than there is supply of you. Yeah. For folks that are not wanting to, because I, I know we were talking about how does an individual scale that doesn't want to hire, right? Mm -hmm. Was that kind yes, of the premise yes, of what exactly you, it's it. like, yeah. there are options available where you, yes, it's client work and you play the rate raise game. So that's option mm -hmm. A, but the, and this is, and not, or by the way, for the folks at home is there are productized services, which is a version of your service that you've mm -hmm. built an assembly line for. Um, there are digital products, which is different for every industry. But you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you into color grading, you can produce some LUTs for your fellow practitioners, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, mm -hmm. uh, so like there, there are definitely plays to be, to be made. You don't like the, you know, scaling for, for an independent contractor isn't solely, uh, hiring other independent contractors, right? There's, right. yeah, you can yeah. diversify, you can keep, you can keep mm -hmm. this party. You know, you can keep this yeah. a one person party if, if, if need be. But. Yeah. Well, I think that's where many um, creatives go into content creation, at least from what I see. Yeah. Um, which is a topic I want to talk about for a minute. Um, I mean, obviously, it's cool, you know, to have fame. So cool. Because <laughs> you guys are totally cool. And I actually mean that. <laughs> but not everybody uh, is as cool. <laughs> not what he was saying before you got here, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Yeah. I saw your post on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I, I see this a lot. I think somebody who is has creative abilities um, thinks, well, I I can do content um, because mm. it there's this like intuitive like, hey, I, I I can do this. This is not that hard. And and you see, you know, these YouTubers and these Instagrammers who are just you know, Mr. Beast or whatnot. And they're like, wow, they can make so much money. And this looks like so much fun. And I could totally do this. I'm already doing this for my clients. Why, why shouldn't I just do it for myself? Right. And I see a lot of freelancers and small independent business owners um, <laughs> who, who are providing creative it's gonna services. going to be all night. Who have this like internal dilemma where they're like, well, now, now like, I need to be doing content and mm. and I think they confuse um, social media as a funnel of like outbound lead generation versus um, actually being a content creator hmm. and so um, both of you are content creators um, and I I want to I want to give you a very open-ended question I, but I want you to talk <clears throat> to me and talk to us about the difference between the two if, if that's a clear enough question. So it's not just something you use to get leads, you know, specifically for your craft, but to actually be a content creator. Because to me, those are different businesses. Do you want to go first, Jamie? I feel like I've been going first all night. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll jump in there. <laughs> um, in his, in his uh, book, I think it's This Is Marketing, or no, it's Permission Marketing. You guys so don't see it, but he's got all these books written on his hand over here. Yeah, he actually right. has Neuralink already installed. That's why he wears <laughs> the plugged hat. In. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to take this off. You see the microchips. And <laughs> don't reveal the secret, everybody. Um, in, in Permission Marketing, Seth Godin writes about this. He says the internet was the first mass communication medium that wasn't designed to sell ads. He goes, mm -hmm. radio was created to sell ads. Television was created to sell ads. And then here we are on the internet 
and now we're trying to sell more ads. And he goes, ads are disruptive, whereas marketing doesn't need to be like that. And there's a difference between advertising and marketing. Advertising is within the larger umbrella of marketing. And so what do we do? We see the patterns that have been thrusted upon us that have interrupted our lives. And so what do we do? We hate that. And then we go out and do the exact same thing <laughs> again. So we, we use this beautiful platform to share information with the world as, as some veiled concept of advertising disguised as content. I think what we have to do, just like with freelance and independent business owner, is to be honest with what we're doing. Whether, whether you're a commercial artist or you're an artist, there's a difference and we have to be clear. All of it can be effective. You're using a term some people might not know, outbound, direct, outreach, sales. What that is saying is, I'm going to look for clients. I'm going to take the initiative. I'm, I'm going to enter into the mindset of a hunter. There's a prey that I'm going to stalk. I follow its tracks. There will be days and weeks and months I might not eat, but eventually I'm hopefully going to catch what it is that I need to catch. And then I get to feast for a while. It's super exciting, right? Because it's like this, and you get that adrenaline rush. It's like, wow, I just took down a big whale client. $400,000 flush with money. And then you go through this long period of, of nothing. <laughs> you go into the starvation mode and you have to live off that kill. That's the hunting method. And that's really outbound approach. Mm. Inbound says, you know what? Hunting is not for me. It's dangerous. It's unpredictable. I'm going to enter the mindset of being a farmer. And a farmer, it's not sexy at all, but it works. You, you uh, till the soil. Is it till the soil? I'm not a farmer here. But you prepare the soil, you plant the seeds, and you feed it and you nurture it. At any one point in time, if you fail to water your plants and make sure that it's not protected from the elements, it dies, you starve, you die. It's totally different. That is more of an inbound approach. That's what we would mm -hmm. consider as content marketing. Yeah. It's not instantaneous. It could be seasons before you actually literally bear fruit. Yeah. It's a different mindset. I'm an introvert. I don't like sales. I'm not like that. I'm not built for that. I know that about myself. And we have to be honest with ourselves. A lot of people say, I want to do content marketing. I want to do outbound sales because I see the results. I see the flashy cars and the big homes. You're not wired to do that. Mm -hmm. And you're going to struggle through that. And people are going to sell you a plan to do that. And it probably will not work for you. Mm -hmm. We have to be in touch with who we are. Yeah, because you'll be competing against those who are maybe biologically even more wired to succeed. They'll destroy you. Yeah. It's like if you're four foot yeah. five, you want to play basketball, you could do it. But guys who are six, seven, seven, two, they're going to destroy you most likely because they have physical advantages. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I, I want to help people do is to realize you have a unique set of skills, outlook, personality, voice, history, body type, strengths and weaknesses to understand mm -hmm. what those are and to maximize those. That's your purpose in life is to figure out what mm -hmm. those things are and to maximize that. So for me, I like to think I like to write. Being here is uncomfortable for me. Earlier, my jaw was starting to feel something I'm like, chill out, dude. It's just people. We can deal with this, right? Um, so I, was, I feel like I'm getting tense. And so I'm trying to work through that right now. So what works for me is I'm going to put out stuff. I'm going to plant. I'm going to put the seeds in the soil. And somebody might see it. And there will be fruit that will come. It won't come right away. It will come long term. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to plant chicken bones. Like I'm not trying to be a hunter being a farmer because it doesn't work. And I'm not going to go out there and hunt with blunt instruments. That's not going to work either. So you have to figure out who you are, play to your strengths, and they both can work. I've got no problem with either. And you could be successful at either.
-hmm. but you have to make that determination. Hmm. So are you a hunter or a gatherer? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, theater kid here. So I, you know, playing to my strengths is I, Mm -hmm. I definitely got the gift of gab, but I think that, um, I'd add a third, I'd add fishing to, to the analogy, which is, uh, and I, we've, you know, we tried to do all, um, you know, actively pursue leads. Um, mm-hmm. our, uh, interestingly enough, our social media content, uh, was never designed to grow our agency. Like, like Courtney and I had that conversation for weeks where it was like, are we, who are we talking to? Like before we started, like, are we going to be talking? And we, we landed on our fellow practitioners and, you know, we were using mm-hmm. the byproduct of our expertise, which I'm pretty sure I took from you from a video. <laughs> this is like uh, to, you know, to, to create a digital product, to create to how are we going to mm-hmm. scale our, our agency beyond even what we're doing, you know, uh, with our current clients. Um, and then fishing for me would be the, the dreaded tr- job markets, right? It's like I know job markets get a bad rap, but um, we found some, I mean, we've, we've found some clients on Upwork that are worth, to this date, like quarter of a million, 300 grand to us, you know, over time. And it's just because mm. folks, it's agencies go to Upwork to hit the oh shit button because we don't have an animation department. So we got to go to Upwork and find mm-hmm. an animation. You know, most of those, they ha- they'll have a video team in-house, but they don't have somebody who can do, you know, a character animation or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was kind of our sweet spot on Upwork. So, you know, the, the, the fishing analogy would be that that is a, a pond of people that are there to do business. And if you kind of know how to work it, yeah. You know, if you know, if you know which fish you're, you're you know, to, yeah. to bait the yeah. hook for it, you know, um, but yeah, we, we try to pay attention to all three. Um, I, I will say like, cause I think we started this discussion talking, um, content creator versus what was the, it was versus like a funnel. Yeah. Where you use, well, but essentially if I understand your analogy, right, it would be like the gathering, right? So you're creating some kind of evergreen content. People come to you. And we, so, and so, right. So you can use that. You can use Instagram to get clients for like your local photography business or absolutely. Whatever vertical I mean, you're and in. I've, uh, yeah, I mean, there were probably even better ways to do it for a, a local business, but, um, you know, this is very recent for, for me, Courtney and I, we were chatting and, and I was like, we like the influencer, like business or, mm-hmm. or business mm-hmm. model, um, which I don't think either of us are necessarily that business model. Like the influencer business model is essentially a marketing department for rent, right? So it's like you're renting, you've built this audience and you're renting it to other brands. And mm-hmm. so we realized, okay, we've got this, we've built the marketing department. We don't have the, the engine. We don't have the, the business, right? So it's like, I'd rather be using this marketing department for our products. Sorry, Bloom. Obviously, I want to help Bloom out as much <laughs> as possible. It's a great product. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I so, do. I do. Well, yeah. it makes me wonder how you got into the content game as you play it now, yeah. you know, with being a content creator. Because, it, it, like, the people who watch your Instagram aren't necessarily the clients who are booking you. Correct? Uh, yeah. The vast, the, Is vast, it? the vast majority aren't. So that's... So uh, how'd the, you get into that? Like, that's I'm just what, curious. It's because we were, we were solving for the stuff we talked about earlier. It's like, you know, I've... You know, this is maybe we were, I was eight years into eight or 10 years, somewhere around there into my journey. Courtney had been, you know, we, we, we partnered up maybe like a year or two into it. And, and we were like, okay, how do we, how does this thing get bigger than what it is now? Um, and mm-hmm. you know, what's, 
you know, there are only two of us. How can we, how can we, you know, build something that, that we can sell to the multitudes? And, and so that's where we started talking about content and, and you, you know, mean, you mean Jamie was talking to himself? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> about just, content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracked open a LaCroix, <laughs> yeah. got down to business, but it was like, it was, you know, we said, okay, let's, you know, cause we didn't have a lot of time. We're working. So it's like, it's very easy for me to write content for for me 10 years ago like i remember that guy you know so it's like i can sit down and, and crank out 32 of these this afternoon you know mm -hmm. um so we went we went with that um and the interesting uh result there was it was you know maybe seven months into the uh into the journey you know we get on a sales call with a, a major um a major brand uh you know, not through social media or anything, just through our agency. We get on a sales call. We're talking to the EVP of communications, you know, over in Sweden. And I turn on my Zoom and the first thing is, Jamie? They go, I, I follow you on TikTok. I go, what? You know, this, that's not my target market at all. And, and I always, it's like anytime a sales call starts, you know, with that, it's no longer a sales call. Now you guys are just talking about budget and schedule. And, and it happened again. It Like maybe the, the third one after that, another like very big, you know, like you know, top five brands in the world brand, you know, they, they, they answer the Zoom and go, oh, my cousins send me your TikToks all the time. You go, oh, all right, that's interesting, yeah. you know, and that's not something that was planned for, but, mm -hmm. you know, I guess mm -hmm. there's more crossover than, than we thought. Is there, is, is, is there like really surprising things about being content creators that you didn't expect? Yeah, to, sitting next to Chris Doe. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make it weird for Chris, but yeah. I, Let's get real, Jamie. No. <laughs> Why don't we take turns? What is one surprising thing that you didn't expect? And we'll, we'll kind of maybe share trade war stories. All right. Um, that was that was real, by the way. This is, uh, I'm not blowing smoke. Um, but let's see here. What's the... Um, I got recognized by a barista once as the mustache guy on TikTok, And that was, <laughs> that was, that was the first time Courtney and I both went, what, what, what? I didn't know how to react. Is this, so am I supposed to talk to this guy about his business now or do I order my lemonade or what? You know? But that's, I'm sure that's, that's par for the course for you at this point. Being, being recognized in public as a person is a byproduct of you creating content and connecting with an audience. So yeah. I'd like to ask you this question. Where's the weirdest place you've been recognized? Um, <laughs> or the weirdest person? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, yeah, nothing, no great stories. I would like, I would, I would say it's, it's when I get on the call with, you know, a, Those a, are good. a very, you know, big, like I, it was a, a sales call I'd, I've been sweating you know and it's they recognize you oh sweet all right cool you know and then it's usually restaurants or <laughs> coffee shops or something I guess yeah. that's where freelancers hang out mm. independent contractors <laughs> <laughs> how about you what's what's the strangest for you the weirdest one is not mine but I'll share it it was when we we're in Vancouver and we we're doing a, not a meetup but like um, some kind of talk local group we went to a bar afterwards and Ben Burns, my chief operating mm -hmm. officer, mm -hmm. big guy, bearded, he comes out of the bathroom. He's like, hey, this guy wants to meet you. I'm like, Ben, did you just meet a guy in the bathroom? <laughs> and they were at the urinal. He's like, hey, are you Ben Burns? 
And that's a place I do not want to have a conversation with people. <laughs> so that is that would be weird, but it's not mine. It's wild. It's wild. You don't want I don't want that kind of that's a good level. One. Yeah. But my children, especially my youngest, Matthias, he's not quite sure why strangers come up and talk to me. He's like, Dad, because he assumes it, when somebody says hello to you, you must know each other. Then he's curious, like, because we don't look like we know each other. Mm. And so we start to play a game. And the game is because we used to travel together for about a year and a half when he was taken out of school and he was being homeschooled. We would travel the world together. It was an awesome time. And we play a game. And the game was, what are my odds of being recognized here? <laughs> and this is years ago, pre-pandemic, obviously. And my, my son would be like, Dad, 1.4%. I'm like, and he wasn't. How old is he at this point? He's probably 13. Oh, yeah. yeah or maybe younger. And I'm like, How, how'd you come with 1.4%? He said, well, I looked at every 100 people. Okay. And I think, and that's what he was literally doing. He was like, that's amazing. there's like 400 people here. And so this is where I put it. And, and I said, you want to bet? So he always loses, by the way. So it's kind of hilarious. So we're at Yosemite. There's not a lot of people. And he's like, dad, there's 0.01% now. I'm like, you're probably right. It's not a lot of people here and it's outdoorsy. Like what kind of like design nerd is going to be out here, right? So my wife and I, we went to go pick up some bicycles. So we're going to go cycling and we're waiting there and we're just like trying out bicycles. And this young man who's like 16 years comes over to me. He's like, do you make videos on YouTube? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, well, it depends. <laughs> who's asking who's asking and he goes i think i watch you on youtube but there's something about pricing and i just had the biggest grin on my face and my wife's like what's going on with you i said because i can't wait to get back to the cabin and tell the boy he lost again and he's like no happen. way dad yeah. no way i said ask mom and mom's like yes rolling her eyes you know you guys play a silly game so being recognized is one of those weird things and it's, it has its benefits too. Sometimes it's ha it has its problems, but mm -hmm. mostly benefits. What's another weird thing or a benefit of you creating content? You know, there's, it's, and this probably isn't the same for all types of content, but there's a responsibility. It's like, there was a moment last year where people were DMing me like, I just quit my job and I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> like, like, so, cause like, uh, like part of my process was very like, I wanted like a frictionless production process, you know, idea, write it down, hit record on the phone, get it out. Right. And when somebody's quitting their job because of what you're saying, mm -hmm. you're like, oh mm -hmm. boy. Okay. Like, let mm -hmm. me think about what I'm about to say now. Yeah. You know, there's a, and so it's like part of you wants to, like keep it what it was and the other part wants to like maybe we have an approval process between you know maybe we pass this to courtney and see what she thinks you know like it's like what's the um so that's that's a new one for me is 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 the is the responsibility of it you know and i i know that like i'm not he didn't quit his job because of me you know like i know i'm i know that but it is like you are planting seeds you know and and you know you've got the gift of uh you know pre-written you, know, you can sound wiser than you are and you can light yourself well and see you know so it's like you there is a power to that to to you know to putting stuff out on on social media so um that's 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 one that i wasn't counting on mm. yeah it makes a lot of sense i think opportunities that you could not have imagined planned or hoped for happen i get to talk to you i get to talk to jamie and here we are mm -hmm. you know and this is pretty cool 
And the more that you, I, I believe this, the, the more value that you put out into the world on a consistent basis, the greater and the cooler the opportunities become. Yes. And I, 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 this sucks for me to say, but you know, like when, when you're a, like a famous person, an actress, an actor, celebrity, you go to these very expensive galas and award shows. And do you know what you get for going there? You get these goodie bags full of like crazy expensive things. Mm -hmm. And I used to be one of those people like, they don't need that. They don't need that watch. They can afford that. Hold for sound. LA's <laughs> finest. Go get them, boys. <laughs> so, like, do rich, famous people need more things? And then I start getting free stuff. I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I can get on with this program. It's. Anyway. Well, we got, we got a situation going on. That's, that's a close one. But there comes yeah. a responsibility with that. So, when people send me stuff, I'm like, oh, you probably want me to share this on social, yep. right? Yep. And if I didn't ask for it, and if you send it, I try to reciprocate. But at the same time, my wife's like, what are you trying to do? What? For for, for this? Mm -hmm. it, it becomes a strange relationship. Yeah. So with, I mean, a Spider-Man line, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Jamie, so don't get okay. people to quit their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. like, well, and I imagine partnering with the right brands becomes pretty important because obviously you're it is. It's like, audience. that's what we, cause I'm sure you get this too, but like we, you know, we, we partner with very few brands and, and it's not like we, but we don't advertise that. And maybe we should, because, mm -hmm. you know, somebody, I, I posted a, a piece of sponsored content and, you know, they go, yeah, but do you really use this? You know, do you really, do you really like this brand? Is this brand really good for freelancers or are they just paying you enough money? And it, I said, well, we're, we're blessed that we have a business that like, you know, we don't, need the money from a sponsorship so like we we can be very selective and i know you can too so like it's you know it, but it is um so maybe it's not so much of you know it's not like we're saying yes to anything because because we need the money but it's it's more of a there is like a putting the audition process in place and then communicating that to the audience is key you know mm -hmm. but yeah we it's that's that's part of the and also it goes back to earlier talking about the kind of influencer um model where it's like we have you know the the marketing department is now serving our business you know so it's mm -hmm. it's less and less about about sponsors so we get to work with people that we genuinely think are you know have independent contractors uh, best <laughs> uh you know best interest at heart See, yeah. things are already changing. You see how both your languages are, are the yeah, words that you choose. We just want to it, it, it can happen. Yeah. yeah. Influence is real. Yeah. Well, I want to ask one more question. Um, we'll kind of wrap things up and let people ask some questions as well from the audience. It's a question I love to ask in all of these interviews is, um, what's something you really firmly believe that most everyone would disagree with you on? Do you have one? I need time to process this one. The the '90s live action Ninja Turtle is a masterpiece. <laughs> um, let me think. It, it's the supposition that that people would disagree, but maybe a um, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, like it's not as complex as as we make it out to be, I think, I think is, is a, is a firm belief of mine. So mm -hmm. I would say that it's just, it's, I think that a lot of industries exist 
you know, I would point to, for instance, and I've got buddies in the fitness industry, so forgive me, but like, you know, the, the entire fitness industry, industry exists to somehow make uh, eating better and exercising rocket science. You know, it's to, we got to make this thing complex so we can sell you the, the manual. Um, and, and business at the end of the day is really just, you know, the exchange of money for solutions. It's just, it's just two people trying to solve a problem together. You know, mm-hmm. um, and if you just if you just focus on that, that's the meat and potatoes. You know, that's the that's the that's the that's the core of it. You do that well, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah, I love the optimism. Yeah, I think I think I I, yeah. I would argue it's just fact. It's just don't you know don't yeah. let the other stuff distract you. Okay, good. Why would people disagree with that? It's like, I think a lot of people, and that's why I say it's like, you got to make a, you got to make the assumption, but you know, I, I do see a lot of people overcomplicating it almost out of a, uh, superstition's the wrong word out of a, the assumption that it can't be that simple. You know, it, it's like, I don't, I don't have it yet. So it can't be that simple or like, I, I'm not satisfied with, with where I'm at yet. So I, there must be a, a missing piece that somebody's keeping secret you know Mm. i think that that's that's where i would i would find folks that would maybe argue the point but again i'm I'm making assumptions here i think people would maybe just word it differently Mm -hmm. but i i'm totally with you okay chris i i've been having a hard time figuring Mm -hmm. out what it is that I should say, because I feel like a lot of things I think most people don't agree with, which is <laughs> what I lean into. So it was just a matter of prioritizing and stacking it and thinking also about like, should I say something that's super controversial so that the video would get more views? Or do I just say something that we can talk about that's palatable here? Well, why don't get we it. do both and we'll A-B yeah. test yeah. the reels? <laughs> let's, get a, let's, let's get a reel out of this. All right, let's get a reel yeah. and let's put one on YouTube. <laughs> we'll see which one does better. I'll ask you a question then. In what zone do we want to talk about where then I could say something that I think a lot of people don't agree on? You can pull out your controversy well, as folder. As long as you're talking like, about yeah. Bloom at the end of it, okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Land it there? That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, I, I mean, even us slicing and dicing the word freelancer versus independent business owner, for some people, those are fighting words. Um, the concept mm-hmm. of selling time for money is an antiquated concept. I think we need to get over that. Yeah. And people are going to fight me on that. I also feel, or I also believe that feelings aren't facts and too many people lean into this emotional part that actually clouds judgment. It changes the narrative. It does not allow you to see things for the way they are, but the way you want to see. So if you want to achieve a higher self, you have to get into this place of non-judgment and to be able to look at things objectively. we can just go on and on. I've been sketching out ideas called the paradox principles, how everything you think is wrong and you must think the opposite if you want to be successful, happy, and healthier. You still so haven't I, landed on Bloom, though. And that's why you need <laughs> yeah, so you should just Bloom. <laughs> if I was really smart, I would do things with the letter B, L, and then O, O. And then people are like... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm, but I'm not that smart. Jamie could do it. Of, I don't know. What's that? Well, I already got B-L-O-O because little, never mind. Yeah. Right, fine. <laughs> the, the one thing that I would say to try to tie your previous question maybe to this question and glue it all together is this, is that 
if you want to create an an online presence to show up as a brand and to build community, the thing that you try not to do is the thing you must do. We all try to pretend to be somebody we're not. Carl Jung talks about this and that there's the, the persona and the shadow and the persona is who you show up in the world to be, to be accepted, to be loved and to be welcomed. We dress a certain way, we talk a certain way, we act a certain way because those are the codes that we've learned and we've been conditioned to enter those worlds and those communities using that language. Now we carry that same blueprint into the social world and we start to show up like the way we think other people want us to show up. And then no one cares because you are just some poor facsimile of someone else and you're like two-dimensional paper characters. Yeah. So the thing I try to tell people to do, because a lot of people do ask me, how do I grow my brand? How do I become a key person of influence online? And I tell them, the thing that you're most afraid to show is the thing you must show. The shadow is what we need to talk about. Russell Brunson writes in his book, Dotcom Secrets, he's like, there are four or five traits of a, an attractive character. He doesn't mean physically mm -hmm. attractive. Attractive is one who pulls people to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to have an interesting backstory. You have to have character flaws. I'll stop it there. Character flaws, that's what I'm talking about, the shadow. Right. Mm -hmm. And the shadow, oftentimes, if you can understand it this way, the shadow is the thing that you feel shame about, that you wish were different about you and that the mere mention of it causes you some emotional pain. But when we can own that, when we can label that and present it to the world, it no longer haunts us and no longer has power over us and we reclaim our power and we stand in it. And that's what I try to help people to do. And they said, yes, I am showing up as an authentic person. And maybe I'm different, but I could see right through you, quite literally in your post, I could read between what you're writing and I know you're hiding and that's not gonna do it. And people keep telling me I'm doing it. I'm like, no, you're not, because in private, you're a different person. And let's try to bring those two people together. And that's why you need an account with Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was very powerful. Ten, thank you. Ten landing. Thank you, thank no, you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, Jamie and Chris, um, I honestly thank you for this time. Thank you for your hearts and passions. And, you know, of all the content creators that I follow, um, you two are actually excellent examples of just what you talked about, because you know, you'll have Jamie getting on and just how he talks to himself. Usually people will be acting and it's it a little feels, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I tried you, it, by the way. It's very difficult. <laughs> but but he does it in a way that's so genuine to him. It actually like it doesn't it doesn't feel disconnected from now that I'm you know, meeting you in person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, even though you're talking to yourself, he's weird. Thank he's you. weird. <laughs> I'm trying to not say that. But then you like go on and make stories, you know, and and you're just being your real self. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the same thing with you, Chris. Like I think, you know, the way the way what you're practicing, what you preach, I I love to see that. If anybody here um, wants to join in on this conversation now, we will give you that opportunity. We'll switch it to the floor. Was that a very nice way of saying you're a jerk online and you're a jerk in person? <laughs> What? You know, I gotta tell you something. You guys think talking to yourself is like easy? It is not. We've tried it, and I'm like, I can't do this. I just, I don't know how Jamie does it. Because my, to my see whole team Chris before I got to, we should to know do, you. we should do one where I have some. Yeah. They're terrible. Really, they are. Yeah, we, we should do one where where it's it's you and the pro talking to the the new freelancer. We should we'll 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 team up. That, on okay. One. No, I couldn't even get that far. I did bring like a change of clothes, but do you, so oh, the wardrobe's key. Let, let me tell you the struggle. <laughs> yeah, the, this, the struggle is real, right? Because is Jamie scripting this? Because 
he's talking to himself, so he has to do all the lines this way. He yeah. switches his clothes, and he has to remember what the heck he said. Yeah. I don't work like that. Well, the, yeah. the perfect loop is not hard to do, but it's the it's the function of like, do you know how you're going to argue with yourself? I only agree with myself, so there's some weird guy next to me who argues with himself and can remember his arguments and make him, excuse me, make him credible. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, if a like a superior thought enters in my mind and then an inferior thought enters my mind, the superior thought eats that, and then we have no more other thought yeah so the only way that i do what i do is i have to argue with real people who are idiots and then it works yeah. Yeah. otherwise you can't do it. i'm like we would just agree the whole time we're just high-fiving each other the whole video just dunking on yourself know, all video yeah, yeah it's like here's the video hey chris yeah chris and that would be the end of the video and it would get two views both by me so it, it it's it's a skill it's a talent there for sure should we take a question yes we should take some questions of course they don't how do you find connection and what like, oh disconnection relaxation oh okay yeah. great good question Team Dot, good question. Jamie? I guess that's assuming that you want relaxation and disconnection. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I mean, at, at first it was a mess. Like there, there, we got to, because we committed to posting daily and <laughs> we were like, all right, we're gonna, you know, plan these things out and batch record them. And then inevitably a week into that journey, I was, you know, writing filming editing and posting each reel the day of because i was busy with other work and you know it's just like it, it got bad quick but but eventually i got to the point where um you know i i spent a weekend and sat down and wrote out 150 reels and then i spent the next weekend filming them and then i went okay now i've now i've got some time on my hands now i can think about you know so it's, i think it it's it was you know batching content and uh uh you know, just find, finding ways to uh, to take me out of the equation, which we continue to do to this day, um, has has allowed for time to you know read a book or something. <laughs> you know, which I'm sure Chris has read nine for every one that I've read this year. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of kind of trying trying to work smarter where you can, so you can work harder where you need to. But I do like I enjoy like that's the thing, and and I know that some people. Some people don't like that's personality types, but like I do enjoy like working like that's like I enjoy working a lot. So like I like that is kind of relaxing to me. It's like just like methodically going at it. So, you know, it's like people watching, you know, feel like, hey, I'm having a good time doing this. Like, don't feel like you have to stop because people are telling you to relax, you know which might be controversial. I don't know. Did my wife just clear her throat? <laughs> <laughs> Shauna, do you feel like there are multiple versions of you? One that shows up for work, one that shows up for your partner, or if you have kids. So there's many versions of you, right? And I have this, this theory that the more versions of you that exist, the less happy you are, the less fulfilled that you are. And I have this dream when I was younger that I would be a world famous comic book artist. And then I realized I have a hard time drawing hands. 
So I gave up on that dream. But, you know, (laughs) I think about professional athletes or musicians and performers, and I think that's pretty close to living your ideal self. That the thing that you're good at, the thing that you're born with, the instrument in your mouth or your throat allows you to do something and you're rewarded for that. For people who aren't on that level, we have to live these different lives where we go to work and then we go home and we make our art and then we have to be there for our partners and it gets kind of messy and then we talk about things like work-life balance. I have this belief that work-life balance is a misdirected concept. It should be work-life integration, that your life should be work and your work should be your life. And the more that those two things overlap, the more fulfilled you are. I like that. It's not always healthy for everybody in your life, and I think that's okay. I think I was reading in The Power of Self-Confidence by Brian Tracy about the story of finding your true self. And I think it was a story, I might be missing, messing this up, but Gauguin, the artist, and somebody correct me, art historians, please. So Gauguin was a post worker in Paris? Yeah, yeah he was. Okay, thank you. In Paris, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. So he would frequent the bars and the pubs where the great artists at the time would, would hang out. And he fantasized and he thought about this for a long period of time. Then he finally got up, he left his wife and his kids, he moved to Tahiti, I believe, and started to paint. And there he found himself. It was at great cost to his own personal life, but then he became his realized self. And these sometimes happened in the history of the world where people of great accomplishment and people that we're still talking about today have figured that part out. So in my previous life, I would make commercials and music videos, and then I would go and teach at a school, and then I would come home, and then my wife would be like, where have you been? I'm like, been working. And it was like, you're not here with the kids. It's, it became problematic. I was living three or four different lives, being pulled kind of like via rope many directions, and that's how it can feel sometimes. Luckily, I found this great opportunity in creating content where I could teach, fulfilling my need and my identity as an educator about things about design and entrepreneurship. And I got to use the equipment that we had learned how to use in the creation of making videos and commercials. And then my son travels with me and I sit home and I study him, he studies me. And all I do is spend all my time at home. And I am now the most fulfilled as I ever have ever been, worth more than I've ever been worth, doing the work that fills me with joy every single day. And we were touching on this topic earlier. I think your sole mission in life is to be happy, and happiness comes from you figuring out all those parts and pieces, and it's a complex puzzle. When you figure out one piece, a new piece appears, and so it's not a static puzzle, it's a dynamic puzzle. And it's not always that someone can find this, nor are people even aware enough to search for it. But I think that's the tragedy of life. Thank you, that was great. Um, We have a little bit of time left. I wanna take like two, three questions um, and maybe we'll keep them just a little bit shorter. Not at all to say anything negative about anything that you Jamie, said. Jamie, keep it down. Jamie, yeah, yeah. He's just, okay, <laughs> thank you. That's yeah. exactly, you're in my mind. Okay, let's go uh, second row.
is that it kind of falls into three categories. Like you tee up like you guys and become basically business coaches and your content becomes like, you know, tell me about the process and, and stuff like that. Or it's like always behind the scenes or it's like telling your client what they should be doing, which is like a tee up to your services. So I just feel like it's this endless loop and I don't want to sound silly like, hey, tell me what to post. I'm not, I'm not asking that, but do you feel like it's kind of like this this trap and it's like, you know, I follow a lot of my peers and I look at it and the content is amazing. I'm not saying that. It, I just want to post authentically and like, I just feel like it's so easy to just be like, you know, like I said, to tee up to, to business coaching or to talk to your direct client or to show the behind the scenes in my industry. I feel like they're literally the, the three options and it's like, like I said, I want to be authentic because in my business I am very authentic. So that's why I stopped posting because I was like, dude, this is, What's preventing you from showing up authentically as who you are? And what's the cause of that? Do you know? If you don't know, say I don't know. I, I think I think it's half I don't know, but also I think very much so is half I don't I don't necessarily want to teach like my clients, you know, the behind the scenes. Like I don't necessarily want to say like, hey, here's how you should, you know, add that extra oomph to a logo. It's like, no, you're you're paying me to do that. I'm just gonna do that for you. You know what I mean? But what I do like what do you want to do? I feel like that's so necessary. Like, what do you, if that's not what you want to do, what do you want to do? And we can probably back into it from there. Yeah, no, and, and of course that's like the question, I guess I'm like a little lost there, but I guess my question to you or just any philosophy question to this is like, you know, my answer to that was like not posting, because like I I do lead down, like I, I have no problem with cold calling and going after people. So mm. is it like, is it almost like a, I don't necessarily need to do that? Because I will be an authentic, or should I really take the time to just like find the message I really want to say? Like, do I necessarily even need that? Uh, just out of respect for time and maybe another question here, I'm just going to give you advice. I don't love to just give advice like this, but I'm going to for uh, constraints of time here, which is you you have multiple agendas, and that's the problem. Your only agenda online should just be show up to show up as yourself and to say it's not about client building it's not about trying to look good to be virtuous it's just to be myself and use that as a gate to keep people away and also to invite people in a gate has multiple functions that protects what's inside and it keeps what is not meant to be from from coming in and that's very important so the lesson i learned in 2014 when i started creating content is i don't give an f what anybody thinks i'm going to do what i want I don't really care. And you can see it in the comments. I, we'll have a fight right now because I'm not going to do what you want me to do. To answer your first question about am I an artist, I said I'm not an artist. Oddly enough, I think when I make content on YouTube, I'm an artist because nobody tells me what to do anymore. And I will fight you online and elsewhere if you try to tell me what to do. I'm not okay with that. You didn't pay me for this. I'm going to do it on my terms and it's okay. And I do piss off a lot of people and I'm okay with that too. So I think that's the problem. You're putting on your business hat, marketing and sales hat, instead of just putting on the you hat. Just show up as you, you're gonna piss off a few people and that's okay. 
but the kinds of people you attract will be better for you in the long run. Amen. Yeah. No, it's like, I, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's the, the trouble of trying to hit a few different targets at once, you know? So it's like, I think, I, I do think like you're great at, you're great at lead gen, you're great at hunting, you know, but like I said earlier, it's, 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 and not, or in my opinion, I think your, your self two years from now is going to thank yourself today for, you know, being consistent and showing up on, on social for sure. Uh, you know, whether, whether you can't quite, you know, draw that line yet, um, you know, I'd, I'd say just get to it and, and, and you'll figure it out two years from now when you got something, you know, but, but just, you know, show up as you, as the man said. Awesome. Okay. We'll do, we'll do one more and then we have to wrap things up. Um, let's do front center. Yes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, if you were to uh, imagine yourself as a 70 year old self and this person is the most wisest and kindest person who just went through anything you're going, uh, what advice, what, what advice would this 70 year old version of self give you? Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. I liked how you looked at you when he was thinking 70 year old. So I think <laughs> I was watching him the whole time. He was directly looking at you, Jamie. Well, I mean, what's that? Three years for you? Three years <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to start. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I want to see this asshole, Chris. Like I've heard so much about. Yeah. The night is young. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh gosh. Some, someone have popcorn. What would he say to, to me yeah. as Hopefully he says, "Hey, good work, kid." You know, hopefully. Good on you, mate. Yeah, good on <laughs> you, mate. Yeah. What advice would he give me? Well, I don't think they could know that, right? Because they would have to Live become it. the person yeah. who would know what advice. So it's virtually no. You would know. It's a fair question because well, you wrote you for the it. for the for the ten year younger version of you. So you were giving that person advice. So he's just asking you to go forward now. He's trying to ask you to project where you're going to be. And then it's an inside question, right? Yeah. It's not an easy one. No. So you're assuming who you'll become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to look into the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll let Chris go first. <laughs> I'd love to, but I, I want to leave you on the hook for a bit. It's one of those coaching tactics I've heard about. <laughs> uh, for me personally, this is a dream that I had the other week. Yeah. And my older self told me to just do just this thing. Yeah, I mean that's what I would tell my my younger self today, right? It's 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 to just um I, sometimes I think overthinking becomes a form of procrastination or over planning becomes a form of procrastination. Um you know, procrastination has many faces, so it's just a, you know, <clears throat> learn them well and then learn to ignore them. But well, may, may I just interject while our guests are thinking? I'm going to say a few words about Bloom. If any of you <laughs> are not users of the platform, <laughs> because your 70 year old self would say, "Why didn't you talk about Bloom more?" <laughs> this is what that said. <laughs> I am. We could have had a great destiny. company, but you didn't say it. <laughs> Go ahead, do your ad. Oh, it was a joke. Oh, I mean, oh, it was, that, that was a joke. That was okay. A joke. Was like, we were both so welcome for the chance <laughs> to like, think about this ahead. answer. Yeah, like go ahead. I mean, sure, I guess. Why right down the clock. But yeah, this this night is sponsored by Bloom. If you have not seen or heard of Bloom, it is Bloom.io. Uh, it is the all-in-one suite that manages your business from freelancing to 
business owner to agency and all steps in between. And we do focus on creatives and we consolidate the entire free freelance stack in one platform, making your business way more efficient. So definitely sign up for a free trial. And I am so honored to be working with these with these studs. Um, I like that you went into your like sexy NPR voice for that. For <laughs> yeah, that you like that? It's <laughs> like, yeah. okay, we can wrap it up with your answers. I got nothing. You got nothing? got nothing? The thing I would tell my younger self is to be braver. The things that you think you can't do, not only do them, but do them quicker and, and give yourself grace when you fail because you will not always accomplish everything that you set out to do but you'll learn so much about yourself and that's the meaning of life anyways. Well, on that note, on Not that note, the meaning thank of life. you. Thank you. Thank you so much.